Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to a, another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. It is October 18, 2021. Hope everybody had a uh, really good weekend. Got a little bit chilly yesterday. Hope you're all uh, staying warm um, and having a good day. Or wherever you're listening from, hopefully you're all, uh, you know, having it going, keeping it running as usual. As you know, we enter the late portion of October. Um, you know, it's a lot to look forward to. Um, I do want to start off today's episode by giving a shout out to the Chicago Sky for capturing their first WNBA championship in team history with a dominant performance over the last uh, few games over the weekend, defeating the Phoenix Mercury in 3-1 series. Uh, what a performance for Candace Parker. Uh, obviously, she came home to Chicago. Um, you know, after a number of years with the Phoenix Mercury, uh, with the sorry, not Phoenix Mercury, with Los Angeles Sparks, and Candace Parker, Chicago native, coming home. Uh, you know, having a really great, great performance in Game Four of this series. 16 points, I think, 13 assists, 13 rebounds along those lines, um, and. Kalia Copper, I said Cooper last week, Copper uh, was named MVP of the finals. So, what a performance for this team overall. I mean, really playing dominant. Obviously, we knew they were going up against two great players in WNBA history and Griner and uh, Tarasi and Degan Smith. Um, but Chicago really just turned it on. They turned it on at the exact time that they had turned it on. Uh, really playing well. Uh, making those shots, staying in control of this game. Uh, they really earned this one and, and really, uh, you know, under James, you know, head coach James Wade really played phenomenal game uh, all the way through and they are WNBA champions. So, especially to see that, obviously, with Candace Parker, who obviously dedicated, uh, talked about her time with Kobe Bryant and you know, things that she experienced. So it was just sweet to see Chicago obviously just win in a fashion, which obviously they were a team that, you know, for a number of years was just trying to kind of find themselves and they kind of put it together, uh, especially in this run here. And truly remarkable to see them capture and cap it off with the, with the clinching win um, on Sunday. So now I want to get into all of week six um, and all the games that we saw yesterday um, it was a really interesting week six for a lot of teams man I mean you know the more and more you kind of look at the Arizona Cardinals you can <laughs> I've been picking against them for quite some time uh, but they really earned a big one on Sunday albeit now the Browns being banged up but the Cardinals remain uh, the lone undefeated team in the NFL and you know the Lions still searching for their first win so I'm gonna get into all that in a little bit so let's start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars picking up their first win of the season snapping that 20 game losing streak which is one of the one of the longest I think in the NFL uh, in the NFL uh, they won 23 to 20 um, over the Miami Dolphins in London it was great to see Urban Meyer uh, and Trevor Lawrence execute down the stretch, especially getting in position for that field goal. And look at this game. I mean, 
you know, Miami had Tua back, did play uh, in this game, and as an offense, they definitely looked better. But, you know, once again, they found themselves in a tough spot because as a defense, um, they just have not been able to uh, get off the field on key opportunities. And, you know, Brian Flores obviously has done a tremendous job, we know. But now you're kind of seeing the hard kind of thing set in where they can't pass protect as well. Uh, they're struggling to get a whole lot of quarterback pressures. Um, you know, and their defense without Byron Jones just isn't the same. You know, they were without Byron Jones and a couple of guys, but, you know, albeit they just could not take advantage of the Dolph- of the Jacksonville Jaguars defense early on. I mean, this offense settled for two field goals within the Jacksonville 10-yard line uh, in this game. So, you know, the Dolphins, you know, they put up points and you give them credit, but this was a game in which they weren't really able to um, attack Jacksonville the way they wanted to attack Jacksonville. I mean, you just see, you know, a couple of touchdowns and everything like that. Um, but the running game, still a question mark, you know. You didn't really see a whole lot of, whole lot of that. And, you know, Tua did look um, decent enough. Although, you know, obviously coming off, coming off the injury and everything, you know, had a little bit of rust in his game. Um, but they just haven't been, the Dolphins haven't been consistent enough, I would say, is the, is the better word. They haven't been consistent enough in terms of being able to finish a game, being able to get those plays that you have to make, and they just keep finding themselves in the position where they, um, you know, they're just giving up those big plays here and there. Um, but give Trevor Lawrence, you know, some credit here. I mean, he obviously played really well. You know, he had a nice touchdown pass to Marvin Jones. Um, but this this Jaguars team just stayed around. Um, they stayed around, and um, you know, it was just one of those games which you wish the Dolphins would have finished a couple of their drives, but they didn't. They didn't do that, and so the Dolphins, who were obviously one of those promising teams in the preseason, are now off to a one and five start, um, and it's not going to get any easier for the Dolphins. So, you know, can you really say that Tua? Um, is the problem right now hard to say that because obviously he has missed some games and they were obviously playing okay I guess before he got injured but now the question is is that you know can they put together a series of wins can they get back in the hunt uh, because right now in the division I mean it obviously seems like Buffalo's going to run, run away with it and they have to find a an answer quickly on defense uh, to do something um, to turn it around. The Baltimore Ravens made an early statement with a dominant win over the LA Chargers, 34 to six. Man, it felt like the Chargers just weren't ready to play this game very well. I mean, they totally got outplayed. Um, it was great to see Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell all score a touchdown on Sunday. The Ravens won with their run game and with their defense being really good, uh, especially on those third down situations. They really kept the Chargers offense off the field. Uh, Chargers just weren't able to do a good job of uh, running their offense. I mean, Austin Eckler did not have that kind of game that I was expecting. Uh, Keenan Allen did fairly okay, but not to the point where it was enough. And Herbert, a little bit of a tough game. This is the first really uh, poor game for Justin Herbert since the one that he had 
probably against Dallas um, weeks back. And you look at the Chargers, I mean, obviously they were playing high as an offense. They put up a lot of points last week. But this game, not so much. I mean, they just could not sustain enough drives, you know, couldn't convert their downs. And this defense gave up a lot of rushing yards as well, you know. Uh, Lamar Jackson did what he had to do. He obviously found a couple of ni- nice, you know, passes down the field. Um, but the Ravens really use a running attack. You know, they I think over 126 yards rushing, to only 26 for the LA Chargers. So this is more of a game which the Ravens defense and their pass rush really won the battle in the trenches. They really pressure that offensive line really shut down a lot of things before developing you know tip passes contested um, throws and they were just more physical more better and just in terms of running their offense and being able to get off the field on third down Um, you know the Chargers just couldn't sustain enough momentum in this game uh, to the point where they could make it interesting you know they fell behind uh, a little bit early on and then they could never really recover so, you know, that was the thing that happened in the game. Uh, that, you know, the Ravens really used to their, their, their style at home, just playing in front of that crowd. You know, in this game, I expected both quarterbacks to play really well, but it just came down to other things in this game. And in this game, the Ravens did, uh, in, in other aspects of the football game, the Ravens did better than the Chargers did. And so, this might be a wake-up call for that defense that obviously was playing really high. Um you know early on in the season but you've seen now that you know they can give up quite a bit and I think that Staley really has to figure a way out um, to kind of find more of a pass rush on this defense I mean you know they have some good talent there but you know it just felt like in this game they did everything right in terms of like you know not get, not let Lamar Jackson go crazy with the, with the you know with the runs and passes but you know they've got to find a way to be a little bit more better um like i said turnovers kind of hurt the chargers a little bit too field positioning as well a little bit aggressive on a couple situations the chargers couldn't convert on a couple of fourth down conversions in this game so you saw them be a little bit aggressive early on um they weren't able to um take advantage of it you know so that's something that the Chargers will have to kind of rectify uh, heading into next week. So let me transition now to another game um, that um, was a fairly good one, and that was between the Minnesota Vikings and the Carolina Panthers. Minnesota Vikings won in overtime in Carolina, 34 to 28. I really thought Carolina was going to bounce back in this one considering how they had played the last two weeks or so. But, I mean, I had mentioned Kirk Cousins needed to have a big game earlier last week. Um, and he definitely did. He definitely did. And it helped that Dalvin Cook made his return in this one from injury. And uh, this game was really interesting. Um, obviously, you saw some good things from both teams. But... You know, you look at the Panthers. I mean, they were trailing in this game late. I mean, Sam Darnold did lead a drive down the field, found Robbie Anderson for for a touchdown pass, converted the two-point conversion. But this Panthers offense never saw the ball at the start of the overtime period. And the Panthers defense that was 
off to a really nice start in the first three weeks of the season has been totally different during this three-game losing stretch. Um, from a number, from, you know, from a numbers point of view, uh, Kirk Cousins did outplay uh, Sam Darnold. You know, because obviously you saw Thielen have a big game. Um, you know, KJ Osborne caught that touchdown pass as well. So you saw the Vikings offense really uh, find ways to stay around in this game, convert opportunities, and they play a term of free game. I think Dalvin Cook had over 129 rushing yards in this game. And, you know, when he's playing, they're just a totally different team offensively. And that's the case with his with his talents. He can just really do a lot uh, when it comes to just running between the tackles, breaking tackles. And they really put a lot of pressure on this Panthers defense, which allowed them to get those opportunities down the field and obviously a scoring position as well. Look at the Carolina Panthers and what's kind of gone wrong for them lately. In this particular game, I mean, they had a couple of issues, a lot of... Um, drop passes, some poor communication and time management, you know, with this offense. And you're not used to seeing that, but they just were not able to, um, you know, take advantage of situations. Um, you know, I think they also had they had turnovers in this game, right? I think there was obviously an interception, maybe a fumble. So, you know, they definitely turned the ball over quite a bit in this game. Uh, but they still made it, you know, made it interesting towards the end. But, you know, look at the Panthers, obviously a young and growing team, and you're seeing their production kind of come and go, and, you know, without Christian McCaffrey, obviously, you're seeing this offense run a little bit differently, run through Sam Darnold, and, you know, he is doing what he's supposed to do in terms of finding, you know, opportunities, but there are just some things that, you know, if he had done well early on in the game, maybe the Panthers wouldn't be trailing in this game. Um... So they kind of, you know, got together on that last drive and made some big plays, which you'd like to see. Uh, but man, it just felt like the Panthers, you know, just, you know, as, as a defense, um, they've kind of, you know, have been giving us a lot of big plays. And yeah, that was the case on Sunday, you know, where they just weren't able to uh, do enough to limit the Vikings. And, you know, the Vikings are now at 500, surprisingly, after all the things going on this season the Vikings are at 500 now so they may have a better shot going forward their defense does look somewhat better but then again um, I think that there are still obviously there are just matchups in that game that uh, you wish that the Panthers would have taken more advantage of and done a little bit more um, so the Panthers really have to go back to the drawing board now obviously three losses now in a row um, and all of a sudden now they're not one of those hot teams early on in the NFC South. So it's going to come down to just kind of adjusting. We're going to see if Matt Rule can find ways to uh, make some adjustments. And McCaffrey, I say he's going to be out for a couple more weeks. So, you know, obviously you want to see them be better on defense first. As an offense, uh, they're, getting there, they're getting there slowly. Um, but it's going to take a lot more from Sam Darnold, I think, going forward to keep this Panthers team in contention in the NFC South and the NFC playoff picture. The Green Bay Packers defeated the Chicago Bears 24-14. Um, a decent game. Obviously, you saw both teams kind of have that classic kind of NFC North game in which it was, you know, 
a game which it was within you know scoring reach of both teams. The Packers obviously kind of uh, started hitting their stride, um, you know, early and often this game. You know, Justin Fields did play well towards the end, obviously getting together a touchdown drive or so. Um, but Aaron Rodgers was just really good, um, and you know, he had that six-yard. Uh, touchdown run to extend the lead late in this game and I mean <laughs> you kind of saw him just a celebration and maybe saying you know I own you to the Bears um, you know it was a game in which the Bears obviously as an offense show some good signs but you know they didn't take advantage of that Packers defense as well as I thought they would be able to take it and you know Al Robinson continues to be a mystery I don't know uh, I mean, I think he did have some catches on Sunday, but this offense is just kind of trying to find a way. They're, they're, they're an offense that's growing, right, with Justin Fields now. You're kind of seeing him hit on those passes and throws. Some things, obviously, he hasn't been able to do as well yet. Um, but the Packers, surprisingly, in this game, did a good job of just not letting him have a whole lot of rushing yards, you know. I mean, I thought he would run a lot more in this game. And I don't know if, you know, Matt Nagy... Kind of the play calling just wanted to see the opportunities, but the Packers played better than I thought they would play defensively in this game. Now, albeit it could be Chicago, obviously missing throws, not committing on third downs, but you know they did play a better game of their season. You know because we've seen the Packers give up a lot of points, right, as a defense, and so you know we saw Aaron Jones do fairly well, Devontae Adams have a decent game, so the Packers did just enough to get by the Chicago Bears and kind of saw them convert and get key stops when they need to get stops you know so you know the Bears still even with their loss you know are sitting at an interesting spot right now I think they're tied with the Vikings at 3-3 three and three. Um, so should be interesting to see how uh, these teams do especially chasing the Packers um, for the uh, for the division here So in this next segment, I want to continue with my uh, recap of Week Six. The Cincinnati Bengals won 34 to 11 of the Detroit Lions. Here I thought the Lions would play motivated, have a chance to pull off an upset, and they did none of those things. Um, gotta say, Sean McVay is definitely looking good right now because the things that were happening with Jared Goff last year. I really was trying to show. Now, the Lions don't have a whole lot of talent on the outside. Um, but, you know, I thought this would be a game in which you would see him play much better, and he did not. Did not play as well as I thought he would against the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Um, the Lions definitely uh, are going to probably need to look into the quarterbacks next year. Now, it may not be a great quarterback draft class, um, considering the things that I have read about and heard about, um, but look at the Lions, they just could not sustain any offense in this game. Um, I think you can give some credit to the Bengals defense, but more of the Lions execution and their play calling, it's just not getting it done. Um, and this was the thing that you were worried about the Lions was the fact that you know you 
lose a Marvin Jones to free agency. You know, you let go of Kenny Galladay, let him get to the free agency market as well. Um, and whoever you brought in this isn't really getting it done or has a chance to get it done because Jared Goff just hasn't been able to play well. And so, you look at this game, Joe Burrow had obviously a nice bounce back game. Uh, three touchdowns. You know, the Bengals just got it done when they had to score. Stayed ahead in this game. The Lions kind of beat themselves with penalties and a couple of obviously missed opportunities. Um, Cincinnati has played very well so far this year. I mean, they obviously had a couple of losses, but you're seeing this team, you know, get, uh, you know, some progress, some sort of progress, especially with, as a team, you know, you see Zach Taylor starting to do some things that you do like. Um, it remains to be seen if he will finish the season as their coach or will he be able to be renewed after next year. Uh, but you have Joe Burrow playing well, Jamar Chase doing what he has to do. Um, so they do have a team that, as of right now, is looking fairly decent. Uh, whether they can keep it up will, will be you know, something to watch out for because there will be tougher matchups for the Bengals. And you know you really want to see how they perform one of those games you know, because they haven't had those kind of meaningful games in a while. But the division games that they'll have coming up in the next three to four weeks will really kind of shape their season, I think, just because of where they are as a team right now. You know, they have an offense that's starting to surge and play well. And the question now is, can the defense continue to do the same thing over the course of time of the season? So definitely want to uh, watch out for, you know, in terms of, Will they be able to get it done? The Colts um, were able to bounce back and get a huge win. Obviously, after that tough Ravens loss in overtime last week, uh, they beat the Texans 24-3. to I think it was, was the final score. No, it was 31-3, the final score. Carson Wentz um, had a nice game, a couple of touchdown passes. Jonathan Taylor with the huge game as well. Uh, really set the tone in terms of the running game. The defense um, played well against rookie quarterback Davis Mills of the Texans. Darius Leonard, I think, had an interception. Uh, Colts needed this kind of game. I mean, obviously, after all the kind of losses they've had so far to start the year, uh, this was a big one they had to get within the division. You know, Taylor obviously has to continue to be featured in this offense. I mean, 145 yards rushing, two touchdowns. The Colts really need to keep relying on that running game. Um, try to keep feeding him the ball because he definitely is starting to show what he can do on a consistent basis. And so I think that was a good sign, obviously. As an offense, you know, they they played much better. You know, you, you can't play the late start to finish in a good game. And so a nice move for the Colts. We're going to see if they can kind of keep it up heading into week seven of the season. Uh, because, you know, with the, the division right now, they still have a lot of ground to make up. And so their defense definitely um, got back on track for this game. Now we're going to see if they can keep it going uh, heading into next week. The Los Angeles Rams uh, got the 38-11 to win over the New York Giants. The Giants really are um, a huge mess right now. Obviously, yes, there's injuries, but, you know, this offense and Daniel Jones, I was really surprised to see him be cleared to, to start this game. To me, I don't think he should have played. 
just seeing what, what we saw on Sunday. Um, you know, he wanted to play, he got cleared to play, but I mean, a couple of misfires, a couple of costly turnovers, you know, just wasn't good because they put the defense in a tough spot uh, on short field and. You know, Matthew Stafford got it going. He had four touchdown passes. Cooper Cup had a huge game. That defense just got four turnovers on the Giants. You know, obviously the Lions, uh, sorry, the Lions, the Rams got banged up a little bit. I think McDonald had something in the game, but this was a game which you thought that maybe it could be a little more competitive. The Rams were expected to win because of the, having the better team, but you know, this offense just not being able to get anything going. Um, and obviously Joe Judge is kind of being a little bit questionable with not deciding to take Daniel Jones out of the game when they were trailing by big points, you know. I mean, he was definitely taking a lot of hits in this game. I just don't know if the Giants are going to be able to find a way to get back on, you know. Their balance as an offense is really poor right now. They just can't do anything right, and, you know, they were down 20-3 at halftime. Um, you know, they just could not sustain anything uh, and make it a game event. So, I think that going forward, I think you just hope that they're able to just find ways to be a better offense from start to finish. They keep starting off slow in these games, and it really, it really hurts them. I mean, they got to a, you know, a tempo start, a three nothing lead, and after that, after that three nothing lead, everything kind of disappeared. So. Uh, they've got a lot of things to fix, and I don't know if it's all Daniel Jones right now. That's a problem. That defense is particularly is just not getting it done as well at times. Um, so should be interesting to see what the Giants do going forward. The Kansas City Chiefs um, beat the Washington football team 31-13. to uh, Patrick Mahomes recovered from two first half interceptions. They were down, I think, 10 to 13 at the half. They engineered three scoring drives in the second half of this game uh, to put the Washington football team away. Uh, obviously, Mahomes has had a little bit more interceptions this season than he's had in quite some time, but he did, you know, step it up in the second half and find ways to get the ball in the end zone. As for Washington, Taylor Heineke. Uh, another disappointing outing. I mean, they had 276 yards of all. You know, short on a couple of possessions as well. Um, and the production you're seeing right now uh, for the wide receiver spot isn't good for the Washington football team. McLaurin is the only viable one there. They just haven't been able to move the ball as well. You've seen, obviously, the pressure and the defense kind of get to them. And this is the first game which the Chiefs defense actually play surprisingly well. I mean, they got a turnover in this game and a fumble, I believe. So for the first time in a long t- time in the season, the Chiefs defense played well. But Washington just really missed a lot of opportunities. Um, the execution as an offense just wasn't there. The timing wasn't right. Couldn't stay on the field third down. Uh, they got this guy beat by a better team um, in the Chiefs that obviously they've had their struggles, yes, but, you know, they are so experienced in what they've been able to do as a team that they can overcome this. But for Washington, their defense obviously not playing at the level that they expected to be playing at. And you just wonder if there's going to be any changes for Washington uh, going forward. I mean, 
you know, would they consider bringing back Ryan Fitzpatrick as starting quarterback? It's possible if he gets healthy. Um, but if Heineke is obviously named, rest of, you know, named starter the rest of the season, they've got to find ways to be better as an offense. I mean, Gibson was able to do some things, but to me, right now, the the production from the wide receivers um, is just not getting there. You know, it's not good enough with you know, with McLaurin and Brown. They have to find a way to get off to a better start because that seems to be really hurting them right now in terms of being able to sustain long periods of offense. The Arizona Cardinals beat the Browns 34-17. to And I was really hoping the Browns would be able to put up the upset on this one. I felt like Baker Mayfield needed to play well. And, you know, the Browns just got behind once again early in this game. Mayfield had a... I think a fumble on a sack and an interception as well. Uh, Kyler Murray played tremendous, and I'm, you know, he's continued to heat up um, and play extremely well. Um, you know, had four touchdowns, two to Hopkins, two to Green. The Browns just needed. Uh, they, they didn't have obviously Nick Chubb, which really hurt them, and then Kareem Hunt did get banged up in this game. And I think Mayfield, obviously, still that shoulder is bothering him as well. Um, but the uh, Browns just really missed their chances in this game to make it close. Um, turnovers really hurt them. Uh, not protecting Mayfield well enough was also a thing. But Mayfield, obviously, some of his decision-making a little bit tough right now. You know, because he kind of saw the uh, Browns down 23-14 to in this game. They had a chance to maybe put up points but then you know a turnover happened and next thing you know next thing you know I mean they get behind again and so the Browns just don't look right defensively obviously you're just not seeing a whole lot from their pass rush as well the secondary a little bit on and off I mean I think you know war did play in this game but it just wasn't good enough they are not able to get those timely plays as a team uh, to make it interesting enough, enough, you know, and you know there were no points in the second half. Um, you know, I mean, Mayfield did a better job of getting the ball to Odell Beckham. Beckham did have a key drop, although as well. So they're, they're just kind of playing a little bit on and off right now, and they're just kind of playing consistent football right now. You're seeing good things, and then you're seeing the turnovers. And Mayfield, I mean, you know, you just hope he can do a lot more. Obviously, you know that. That shoulder was going to be a, you know, still going to the game. But I didn't think that he would play, you know, he didn't play well enough early on. If he had played a little bit better early on, and maybe they could have made it a game. But it's with the Browns. The turnovers are really hurting the Browns right now. I mean, they are really just not getting those key uh, plays made. And the offensive line obviously can only hold for so long. But you saw Mayfield kind of run around a little bit, try to make throws, got hit. Um, he's got to be more smarter in that situation. Um, so, tough one for the Browns. They got a short week coming up now. I think they're hosting Denver um, on Thursday. So, they got a lot of things to figure out um, as an offense and as a defense because they're, they're right now they're just really playing inconsistent and the injuries are definitely piling up for the Browns. So, they have to find a way to get healthy soon uh, to start turning things around uh, for, the, for their season.
So, I want to continue on with uh, recapping of week six. And the Raiders um, were able to win on the road at Denver, 34-24. You know, I didn't think the Raiders would be able to win, uh, considering how they had, obviously, a tough week with the whole Gruden stuff and just, you know, how things were kind of going. But, you know, they delivered. They kind of rallied around uh their interim head coach, Rich, uh, I think, Baseka, who had been a special teams coordinator since, I think, 1960, 75, I think, along those lines. But uh, what a win for the Raiders. Offensively, they played a really good game. Um, you know, they brought it. Derek Carr did what he had to do. This defense got some things done. Terry Bridgewater, you know, three touchdowns, three interceptions, just couple of mistakes really early on really hurt the uh, the Broncos. They just did not play well enough to the point uh, to make this game really interesting. The onside kick was great, but, you know, Denver needed to get off to a better start, and they didn't really do that as well, and they kind of ended up falling behind, and so the Raiders kind of dictate the pace. I mean, Jacobs had a nice game. You know, it was nice to see Henry Ruggs get a touchdown catch. He needs to be featured more in this offense going forward, I think, for the Raiders. Um, but that was something that, you know, they need to get, obviously, after the tough two weeks or so and all the Gruden stuff that been going on. It was really good to see the Raiders just find a way to win this game and get an important divisional win. One of the best games that took place over the weekend was between the Dallas Cowboys and New England Patriots. This game uh, was a wild one. It ended with the Dallas Cowboys winning overtime 35-29. Dallas. Uh, the Pats really kept it close with their defense uh, early on. Uh, and their offense, but Mac Jones got it going more in the second half of this game, late into the fourth quarter. You know, obviously there was that goal line uh, fumble that Prescott had, which the you know, Patriots defense caused the interception as well. You know, so it was 14-10 at the half at the break, and you saw Dallas really just Moved the ball extremely well. Prescott was really efficient, and he was clutch as well. I have to say that, especially with that drive to tie the game up on the third and 25, uh, made a huge play. What a game was C.D. Lamb. I mean, he had a couple of big touchdowns in this game, especially the one with the you know the, the game-winning one at the end. You know, Mac Jones played very well. He's one of his wide receivers in Kendrick Bourne for a long touchdown pass, but. Uh, Obviously, um, just really found ways to get the ball down the field. You saw some really good things from his offense. I mean, Trevon Diggs obviously had another interception, uh, but it was great to see you know the Patriots come right back at him and uh, get that one. So it was a great game down to the wire. Um, you know, the Patriots weren't able to convert on a couple of key third downs in the game, and Dallas just really moved the ball well. Obviously, you saw you know. Lamb started to really emerge as a top wide receiver for the Cowboys, and he played like it. Uh, Mike McCarthy and Dallas, I mean, overall, you look at Dallas, they kind of were beating themselves up a little bit with penalties and a couple of missed opportunities, um, you know, clock management, decision-making. You know, when they decided to kick the field goal, you know, uh, down by a point or so, you know, it's kind of like, why don't you, you know, go for it? Um, but they were able to get some plays from their defense, and as I said, Dak Prescott playing very well, made things happen with his mobility as well. And for New England, obviously they're 
secondary and they're you know without Gilmore you know not being back just yet a lot of pressure on those guys back there and Mills and Jackson you know Jackson did fairly well to the most part but you know you're kind of seeing teams take shots at the Patriots in the middle of the field and deep down the field and you know Dak Prescott and his office played much better than they played a couple of years ago just really finding ways to get get after it and um that was really an impressive game overall. I mean, Patriots, you know, you'd think they wouldn't lose four games in a home at a row, but it's happened already. And so, you know, obviously Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, you know, they probably like see some Mac Jones. He, he did have ups and downs in this game. That pick six that he had, I mean, a couple of, you know, throws that got away from Mac Jones. But as an offense, you've seen the Patriots kind of find themselves a little bit here and there. But you still want to see more from their wide receivers. And... Bourne was the only one who seemed to have that long touchdown catch. Otherwise, their running game was fairly decent, um, but their defense definitely hasn't been able to be that good. And maybe with Gilmore returning, things could be a little bit different in the back end of their secondary. You had the Pittsburgh Steelers pull out a overtime win over the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, Steelers had this game really in their control from the from the starting half. In the second half, although Seattle battled back with Geno Smith, the running game with Alex Collins and Homer really making some big plays down the field. And so they really just were able to set the tone fairly well in this game. You know, again, uh, Steelers got some great play from TJ Watt that defense, especially on the strip sack of Geno Smith. Uh, Steelers really played a good football game overall. They finished the game, obviously, making some great possessions down the stretch. Ben Roethlisberger looked fairly decent, had that one fumble, but... You're seeing the Steelers play some good football, get back to the 500, and now they're on a bye week. So you're seeing Harris, Claypool, Deontay Johnson start to make plays and catches. And so I think that you'll see more of the Pittsburgh Steelers trying to stay balanced offensively. They they will have a big test in a couple of weeks coming up. So look at week six, the Lager games. It ends with Buffalo and Tennessee tonight. Uh, it should be hopefully a good game as well. But you saw a lot of great performances, a lot of crush performances. And you're starting to see teams starting to kind of find themselves. Other teams kind of in the middle right now, like the Browns um, and the Chiefs. And, you know, so should be an interesting way how things go going forward. Um, but definitely increased a lot of excitement for Week 7 and the games coming up. So we'll be back with recapping the Buffalo Bills. That's it, that is the game from tonight. Um, and hopefully that will be a good game as well. It's good to see both teams who have big aspirations for playoffs and making a deep run at it. Buffalo um, definitely has a shot now to kind of gain on the division and keep a lead on the division. Um, so we'll see if Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry can have answers to this Buffalo Bills team um, because, you know, Tennessee obviously has been off to a very shaky start so far this year in terms of how they've been looking, you know, putting together a couple of nice wins and kind of falling back to the same thing. So hopefully it'll be a more of a competitive game uh, tonight and we'll see if the Buffalo Bills can pull it out. Um, obviously having a little bit more better of an offense from a wide receiving point of view.